This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page and there you can check out past shows. You can subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please do not hesitate to reach out to us with questions, suggestions for future shows, or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. So people, I want you to picture this. You're finally retired. There's no more commutes, no more late nights at the office, no more 2 a.m. emails demanding an immediate response. The world is your oyster. You're in control of your schedule, and you've also got a healthy amount of income coming in each month thanks to years of careful planning and financial discipline. Now, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? But Oh, sounds good. You paint a pretty picture. Oh, thank you. I've been working on my strokes. But then let's say some random Tuesday afternoon, a day in time when for many years you would have been at work, you head out to the mailbox and you find a letter from the IRS informing you of a tax issue with one of your retirement accounts. Now, today, during this episode, we're going to take a close look and how many different types of retirement income are taxed so that you can feel more confident that your strategy is buttoned up, that it's ready to go. But before we dive into the always exciting world of taxes, I mean, what are the two things that are inevitable in life? They say death and taxes, right? But there's a third often overlooked inevitability, and that is the awesomeness of my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? <laughs> I don't know about all that. Wow, what an introduction. Holy cow, I'm I'm winded just from hearing it. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. So I don't know. Uh, I'm hopefully more welcomed than a surprise letter from the IRS. Always. <laughs> Come on. Uh, gee, thanks for that. But uh, Matt, I'm good. I'm glad to be on the show with you again today. We always have some fun. Even when we talk about taxes, we're going to make the show fun. Somehow we'll try. Uh, well, hey, nobody likes the word taxes or likes to think or talk about it. But you know what we do like? Tax free. Those two words, when you put them together, are wonderful for minimizing our tax burden. So uh, we're going to get to that and, and things you need to think about regarding that as well. So that's good. Uh, how about you? What have you been up to, Matt? Uh, working, Tony. I've been working. Yep. Yep, you're taking what they're given because you're working for a living, as you yeah. said, right? Yeah, that's what's going on. I, I've had a little bit of time for a little bit of recreation. But I know, yeah. Been a little busy the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you have to, I'm going on vacation next week. So there won't be a new episode unless we stack it up somewhere else at some other time. Uh, you know, that we'll be off here for a week. I am going to watch my son play baseball in Aruba ah. for the week playing five games against like D1 and, and professional Ooh, recruits. Wow. Uh, he's he's going into Ouch. a senior year in high school. So there's a really good <laughs> chance he's just going to get 
obliterate all over the field. <laughs> but the hey, team. on the upside, you're going to Aruba. Yeah, Just we're going to do some fishing and go yeah. enjoy the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe go skydiving. Uh, you're Let's not going to get happens. me to feel sorry for you or him. It doesn't matter if he loses the game. He's in Aruba, right? The whole family, the whole family's going. There's two teams of of kids from this area. That's amazing. So like they have that opportunity. of us going down with a bunch of families. It's going to wow. be a really cool trip. Well, that's what a great in spite opportunity. Of August weather in the Caribbean. <laughs> that's true. You'll be in the Caribbean in August, but still, what a great trip for the kids and great experience. Yeah, uh, great experience yeah. too. They right? get to do some service while they're down there. Uh, there's a whole. Uh, there's a bunch of you know. It's really great. They've been collecting gear all year. They're going to hand out gear and supplies and stuff for kids in some of the villages down there. Oh, so that's that, nice. really yeah. looking forward to a lot of what's going on. It's oh, a really that's cool great. program. It really should be a lot of fun. That's great. Well, any, anytime you say Aruba, you know, I immediately start singing the beach boys song in my head. That's uh, why I was going to say another Jamaica. Island. Ooh, I want to take it. Do we have to pay? Do we have to pay on that? Now do we have to <laughs> no. pay money on the, on that song? Are we going to no. get flagged? No, because we didn't play the original stuff. recording, and I okay. didn't sing enough of it. So I think, and it was safe. out of key, far enough they, out they of key that it won't be prove recognized. It was actually the song. <laughs> they can't prove it was that song. My the singing was so poor. There's no proof that it was actually their song that they copyrighted. So, all right. Well, hey, um, you know, obviously, I know people who have been hit with unpleasant tax surprises after they've retired, and. You know, you've said on previous shows, uh, the tax man doesn't stop knocking just because you're retired, right? No, he doesn't. Even men at work have talked about that, right? So <laughs> that's, uh, the, listen, most many, most, many parts of your financial strategy, they do get a little easier after you're officially retired. But taxes do remain an element that you need to keep educating yourself about, or at the very least, have someone in your corner that is constantly doing that that can help you with. Right. So there was a Kiplinger article, how 13 types of retirement income get taxed. It does a really good job of breaking down how many of the most common sources of retirement income are taxed, what you can do to make sure your financial strategy addresses your various tax needs. I encourage you to look up that article if you have any questions about this, or of course you can give us a call, but uh, I encourage a lot of the people I work with, especially early on to think of retirement taxes like this, you know, as you creep ever closer to retirement, you start spending a fair amount of time planning for exciting things. You know, those bucket list trips, the new golf courses you want to try, how many umbrellas you can fit into a drink on a hammock and a beach, you know, how you want to spoil your grandkids. But while planning for those things, you should also sit down with your financial professional to come up with a solid tax strategy as well. Definitely. I mean, that's important. And I'm sure for a lot of people, the idea of spending time thinking about a tax strategy for retirement Sounds like about as much fun as listening to me seeing Kokomo by the Beach Boys <laughs> yeah, uh, or standing in the security line at the airport for an hour. So, yeah, it's all the more reason to work with a financial services professional like yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, it, there's there's a lot of things to be said about having a tax pro in your corner, especially as you navigate a lot of these things that are just going to be unfamiliar to you. Now, the first big nugget of info from this article focuses on traditional 401ks and IRAs. Now, on the front end, these are tax deferred accounts, and they often reduce your taxable income. So that saves you money in the current tax year. But savings, dividends, and investment gains with these accounts, they also grow tax deferred. But 
it can be easy to lose sight of the fact that you'll eventually pay taxes on this money when you retire and when you begin taking withdrawals. And those taxes apply to gains and pre-tax or deductible contributions. Okay. Well, and we've talked about this on previous shows. You can't put off those withdrawals from your retirement accounts forever, right? Oh, correct. Uncle Sam wants a share. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the required minimum distributions, RMDs, depending on how you hear it, they currently begin at age 72 for those with traditional 401ks, IRAs. People who work past 72 may be able to delay taking RMDs from their current employer's 401k until they officially retire as long as they don't own more than 5% of the company that employs them. Uh, you should also bear in mind that the tax rate you pay on the traditional 401k and IRA withdrawals would be your ordinary income tax rate. And add to that, if you take payouts before age 59 and a half, naughty, naughty, you'll be often be smacked with a 10% penalty on top of your regular tax fee. Ooh, yeah. Buzzers are rarely a good thing. It's the old 59 and a half rule that, yeah. that gets the buzzer for me because uh, you couldn't have made it 60. They have to complicate things. Don't they? they couldn't make the math easy for guys like me, right? Uh, you number guys don't care, but man, come on. Fractions. You were told there would be no math. Yeah. Now we have to deal with fractions uh, yeah, in you know, retirement say, planning. And four thirds of people are bad at fractions, Tony. <laughs> but I'm bump. I, I don't know what I have for that. Probably. My you father in the podcast with that. My whip. math teacher father in law will be very happy to see that or hear <laughs> that you don't appreciate his joke. <laughs> oh, that's an oldie but a goodie. But hey, 10% penalties, we obviously want to avoid those if you get those for early withdrawals from most retirement accounts. And so that's a, enough to avoid going that route unless you have absolutely no other choice, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whenever you. Can there are some exceptions, but yeah, sure. no other choice would be the best bet on that one. Um, now let's look at the Roth IRAs, though. They come with one potential adva uh, advantage. That's while the contributions aren't deductible, uh, withdrawals are tax free. But two important notes here: first, you must have had that Roth IRA for a minimum of five years before you can begin to take tax free withdrawals. That countdown begins the first time money is deposited into the Roth whether through a contribution or a conversion from a traditional IRA. And second, though you may be able to withdraw the amount you contributed at any time tax-free, in most cases, you must be, guess how old, Tony? Um, 60? No, 59 <laughs> and a half to withdraw any gains without facing that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Yeah, you right. 60 was a great guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I, it would make a ton of sense. I, I knew it. Well, Hey, the idea, again, 10% penalties, come on, uh, you, you definitely don't want those. But um, hey, maybe we could talk about another source of income people have in retirement. Obviously, the majority of retirees utilize Social Security, at least for some of their retirement income. Wh what about taxes on Social Security? Now you're asking me to mo make both taxes and Social Security interesting in one comment. I, I don't and, even know and, if that's And you fair. know what? I wish you the best of luck with that. Thanks. All right. Let's see if, I'll let's be, see if you can. I'll be anxiously awaiting your response. <laughs> put some toothpicks in your eyelids and keep them open for this one, Tony. Ah! Here we go. Prior to 1983, Social Security benefits were tax-free. And while a lot of recipients still don't pay taxes on their benefit, others are in a very different boat. 
depending on their provisional income. Uh, and some may end up paying federal income tax on up to 85% of their benefits. So if your provisional income's under 25,000 or, or 32,000 for married couples and you're filing a joint return, social benefit, social security benefits, those are tax free. Well, I hope but so it, since you're making below the poverty level at that Well, there's point. that. Yeah. Probably multiples below. Uh, and 25, if your income is between 25 and 34 or between 32 and 44 for the joint, uh, as much as 50% of your benefits are taxable. Wow. And then if it's greater than 34,000 or 44 for joint, uh, as much as 85% of your benefits are taxable. So I hope you were writing all that down. There will be a quiz later. Yeah. Well, you can, people can just call up and uh, set up that consultation with you. There's no cost and you can run them, run the social security maximization report based on their personal information. And it'll, yes. it'll explain all of that and show them all the strategies they can utilize. But I think that's great. In fact, how can our listeners get a hold of you, Matt? Uh, it's super simple. And I'll give you one of two incredibly simple ways to do it, Tony. One, you can call us like old school. Dial our number, 800-339-9252, and ask for Matt. All right. And yeah, that's one Matt. way. That's that, that, Do that. If you just do that when you pick up the phone, they'll know it's <laughs> me. Just want to talk to. top of your lungs. Or you can go to the website, compass-ltd.com. All right. Sounds good. Now, during that first segment, you mentioned Social Security, Roth IRAs. You talked about traditional IRAs and 401ks, how that's taxable. What do you have for us next? Good. You were listening. I'm so proud. Oh, yes. So proud of you, Tony. All right. So uh, how about pensions? Let's go down to pensions. They're not as prevalent as they once were. A fair number of people still count one as part of their financial strategy, though. Now, Pensions, they're funded with pre-tax money, so the full amount of your pension would be taxable once you begin receiving payments. And typically payments from both private and government pensions are taxed at your ordinary income rate as long as you haven't made any after-tax contributions to your plan. So, okay. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, what about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds? Those are sources of income for a lot of retirees. In fact, if they're not working with a, a comprehensive planner like yourself, that might be everything they have for retirement are tied up in uh, at-risk uh, items. And so, uh, you know, most 401ks and IRAs are in stocks, bonds, or mutual funds. So what's the tax situation with those? Okay. So if you sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds that you've had for at least a year, your money's taxed at long-term capital gain rates. And those are either 0%, 15%, or 20%. So when you compare those numbers to the top ordinary income tax rate of 37%, the difference is pretty stark, right? Those sure. three percentages, so 0, 15, 20. It's a lot less on, than the standard ordinary income tax rate is what you're saying. Well, yeah, if the, with the top one being 37% and the uh, on ordinary income tax and the bottom of capital being 0, 15, or 20, right? So the highest is going to be 20 on. On capital gains. That's why you hear about so many very wealthy people using the gains tax rather than income tax, right? So, but let's, we won't get into that topic today. Let's just talk about how it's taxed. Those 0, 15, 20, they're based on specific income caps. They're adjusted yearly for inflation. Uh, this year, the 0% rate, that's people with taxable income of as much as 41675 for single and 55800 for head of household. And then it's 83350 for joint filers. Uh, and then 20% rate, That, that <laughs> this is a big jump. That begins at 459000 oh, oh. 
751 for single and 488 for heads, uh, 517,000 for joint filers. Um, so let me, uh, let me check my, uh, pay rate here. Radio show co-host. Nope. Not in that 20%. Should be though. The value you <laughs> bring. The value I bring by you know, pushing buttons. Good thing it'll tax you on value, Tony. Matt! So, uh, I, I like how you went from the zero to the 20. What about the 15% rate? You're so observant. I thought I'd get away with that. How about this? You tried it applies to leave it out. I love it. Tried to <laughs> no, spare it, us, really, from more numbers. I really did. I don't want those toothpicks in your eyelids to break. Um, <laughs> how about this? Uh, okay, so... 15%. It's, of course, the income between the 0 and 20% breakpoints. I don't mean thanks, to sound glib. I don't mean Sherlock. to sound glib, but that's what it is. Thanks. Okay? I had no idea 15 became, came between 0 and 20. And yet you ask. But you should note there's a 3.8% surtax on net investment income in addition to the 15 or 20% capital gain rates for single filers Sure. Uh, with the modified adjusted gross income, or you might see an AGI listed as that somewhere. Um, that's uh, the AGI more than 200 or 250 for joint filers, 200,000 and sure. 250,000 for joint filers. It's required on the smaller of net investment income, that 3.8 or the excess of the modified AGI uh, greater than the 200 or $250,000 amounts I just mentioned. So yeah. that, I, I don't even now. know why I said that because listeners, you, even myself saying that out loud yeah, Ridiculous. feels confusing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot easier to see Thank on you, paper. Thank you, IRS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to, to look at Yay. it on paper. That's why they need to come in and talk to you in person so you can show them on paper. It makes a lot more sense. But uh, what about now if you sell at a loss, like stocks, bonds, or mutual funds, if you sell stocks at a loss, uh, that can help you with taxes, right? Or you can take a tax uh, break yeah, for that? It, well, it's there's... Yes, there's different ways to do it. Sometimes it's a strategy you employ called tax loss harvesting, where um, maybe you wait to take your RMD till the end of the year if you don't need it during the year, and you sell some of those things that are down to go against some of the other uh, taxes you might be paying on other things. So it's pretty straightforward. If you sell at a loss, that amount may offset capital gains for the year, plus as much as $3,000 of other income. And then excess losses can be carried forward each year, and that's indefinitely but they're subject to the same tax treatment until those losses are erased. Sure. And, and that's good information right there. But it also strikes me taxes on stocks, bonds, or mutual funds, they're complex enough uh, that working closely with someone like yourself, a financial services professional, is probably going to be your best move here, right? I couldn't agree. And when we talk about taxes and we say myself, we also, of course, really mean Gretchen. <laughs> yes, that's right, Gretchen. No, your I sister help, in I the office, in this, but she, she is our tax pro. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's great. And I think yeah. you meant you couldn't agree more. I, absolutely, <laughs> you said <laughs> I couldn't agree, and I'm like, well, that's par for the course with things that I say. Uh, you're just so used to saying that to me that, that I can't that, agree with you. Yeah, I couldn't agree. <laughs> Everything I say, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't agree, Tony. I should have. I did mean to say less. I mean more. Um, <laughs> say less. So, so now, how about this real quick before you ask another question, yeah. can we take a look at dividends real quick? Oh yeah. Write dividends. that question down. Okay. Um, but a lot of uh, retired people, they own stock, whether it's directly or through mutual funds. And even as the Kipling article points out for tax purposes, dividends paid by companies to stockholders, they're treated most often as qualified 
In some rare cases, they're considered non-qualified, but qualified dividends are taxed at the long-term capital gain rates we talked about before, and the non-qualified dividends are taxed at ordinary income tax rates. So we talked about the differences in those numbers. And again, if you didn't write it down, don't worry, you can give us a call. But uh, generally, shareholders have to hold stock for a certain block of time to take full advantage of the capital gain rates for those dividend payments. So you know, dividends that are paid on common stock that have been, uh, they have to be held for at least 60 days inside the time period. And that begins 60 days before, and it, cl- it concludes 60 days after the date the company announces a dividend payment. There's a lot of rules around dividends, and that's one of them for tax ah, purposes. Okay. I wasn't aware of that with dividends. So uh, that's also good to know and very important on how they're taxed. So uh, we've talked about another aspect of, of retirement planning and another uh, retirement vehicle that people use or tool are annuities. And yeah, that was our whole last show. Yeah. And uh, we talked about how they're built into your financial strategy to help out uh, to create retirement income. But how are annuities taxed? They're pretty much like other retirement accounts, right? Yeah. It, it's the, There's a strong likelihood that some and maybe even all of any income you get from an annuity will be taxable. There's some that aren't completely, but and there's some that are treated oddly the way they're created and some, the way they're yeah, every every within. contract's different, isn't yeah, it? But, yeah. yeah, but if you bought an annuity that supplies you retirement income, r- with retirement income, I really ran those words together, uh, the portion of the payments that reflect your principal or tax rate, uh, but the rest is taxable. So it, say you bought an annuity for $150,000, and after a decade, its value is $225,000. You'd pay taxes on the $75,000 of earned interest. Also, though, be aware the insurance company that sold you the annuity is required to inform you what is taxable. That's helpful. And yeah, there are different rules if you purchased an annuity with pre-tax money, like like maybe from your traditional IRA. Uh, in that scenario, 100% of your annuity payment is taxed as ordinary income, and you should be prepared to pay any taxes you owe on the annuity at your ordinary income rate, not the more advantageous capital gains rate. Sure. Good to, Again, good to know. Now, I'm curious, how surprised are people when you really begin telling them about these various retirement income, uh, various sources for retirement income, how they're taxed? On a very specific number on a scale from one to 10? It varies. It it depends. I love that. it It really does. It depends on the client, right? Sure. I work with people, they have a really good grasp of how these various Sure. Income streams are going to be taxed. I also work with people who, while they're certainly aware that they'll pay taxes during retirement, they're a bit taken, they're taken aback by just how many ways the government gets a piece of their retirement income. I also work with some people that, no matter how many times I explain it to them, they still don't get it. Right, <laughs> so it, it runs the gamut. Some people taxes will just never make sense in their head, and they just need to see what it is at the end of the year. But no matter what, we can work together to build a financial strategy that seeks to provide retirement income also though, while doing its best to appropriately shield you from taxes as much as possible. That's always going to be the goal. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about here today is really minimizing your tax burden in retirement and what is taxed in retirement. And so uh, it's really important to understand that, but really uh, that goes to all the money you have in savings that you're going to pull out later, usually during retirement. Uh, you need to know the tax status on it and make sure that is figured into your spending plan because uh, you have to look at that. You have to have the money to pay the taxes and still make sure you have enough money left over to live on for the rest of your life, right? 
Yeah, there's that. And there's there's also the one thing, you know, most people get annoyed when they have to pay taxes. Well, yeah. Uh, income course. tax, yeah. right? Sales tax. Uh, the, sure. But taxes are inevitable. But listen, remember, if you're paying taxes, what does that mean? It means you made money. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's not always a, that's, a, that's a good thing, right? The, paying taxes isn't always a bad thing because it's easy to not pay taxes. Either one, just break the law and ignore your duty, and then you have to pay for that in a different way. Or yeah, you don't want you don't want to do that. Yeah, or you're not making money. So paying taxes is in and of itself isn't a bad thing because it generally comes with the good news that you earned something. There you um, go. Now, uh, how about uh, bonds? The the, the article talks about how uh, municipal bonds are dealt with. There's some good news here because the interest you earn from municipal bond, that's exempt from federal taxes. Also, bonds uh, issued in your home state are often exempt from state income taxes, the interest on those. Be sure to check your state's laws on that one, though. And keep in mind that capital gains may be hit with federal tax if you choose to sell any of your municipal bonds as well. Yeah, I mean, municipal municipal bonds could be a valuable addition to a lot of financial strategies for sure. Uh, but you need to have that conversation with a trusted financial services professional, a financial advisor like yourself. So uh, what's next? I want to talk about these municipal bonds you, you brought up. Did these I are, say these municipal? Are, these are city bonds that have a certain melody to them. Is that how that works? I'm not that. aware of these. I'm sorry. You always <laughs> hammer me when I stumble and I had oh, to get yeah. one in. Yeah, I had boy. to get one in. Sure. So, <laughs> all right. So how about, uh, uh, let's how about money market accounts, corporate bonds, um, ordinary income rates apply to the interest you earn on those, uh, capital gains rates also apply. If you choose to sell any of the corporate or municipal bonds, we already talked about cap on the municipal side. Of. Sure. And I, there's some of our listeners may currently possess some savings bonds, um, now when it comes to federal income taxes, interest on series double E bonds, uh, ha they're typical taxable at ordinary income rates in the year they mature or, uh, when, when they're redeemed, whichever one's earlier and the HH bonds report and pay us tax on interest annually as you receive the payments. So, uh, the, the savings bond is exempt from state in local income taxes. Oh, okay. The U.S. savings bonds. Yeah. State and local taxes. Yep. Well, that's great information. So what else should we know about savings bonds? Well, uh, they, they, from the article, they explain, you know, if you're, I think there's a good nugget too. If you're planning on going back to school in your retirement, if that's on your retirement bucket list, the interest on EE and the double E and the I savings bonds that you use to pay for the cost of higher education may be tax-free as long as you closely follow certain sure. IRS rules. If you're using uh, it for education. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they have to have been purchased after 89. They have, you have to have bought them when you were at least 24 and they have to be redeemed, like you said, for, uh, and for tuition or fees for the bondholder or their sure. spouse or the dependents room and board are not eligible on this one. Sure. It's, there are other qualified expenses and other products that can cover that, but this is not one of them. Uh, also the bonds have to be in the taxpayer's name. That means a grandparent can't utilize that particular tax break to help pay for a grandkid's college tuition unless they can claim that grandchild as a dependent on their federal tax sure. return. And that, and that makes perfect, perfect sense. Let's jump to life insurance. What about, what about tax on life insurance proceeds? 
Okay, well, you've challenged me with taxes and Social Security, <laughs> so why not go for the double duo yeah. and the impossibility of taxes Yeah, we've got and time for insurance. one more thing, okay. so let's talk about insurance. Hammer this one out. Why not? Any, any money you receive as a beneficiary of a life insurance policy when the insured person dies is typically not taxable. Yeah, that's but good tax-free tax money right there. But they are more complex. The rules are more complex if you own the policy and surrender it for cash. Well, sure. And a financial pro can help you determine whether or not your proceeds will be taxable. Some of the things that need to be clarified on that would be if you're the policyholder who surrendered the life insurance policy for cash, is the amount you received greater than the cost of the policy? Uh, if you're the beneficiary, what's the face value if it's specified? And if you were receiving installments, is there a refund or a period certain guarantee? And were the federal income taxes withheld from the policy's proceeds? Those are the three big things you're going to have to consider there. Sure. Sure. All right. Let's do one more. I, I think a lot of retirees want to downsize when they retire. Uh, and I don't know, sometimes that can actually have expense to it. Right. Yeah. You know, and this is something you want a lot of retirees, their homes often their largest and most valuable asset. Sure. Now, tax laws often give a healthy federal income tax break when you sell your primary residence for a profit. So two things, you have to have both owned it and use the property as your primary residence for a minimum of two out of the five last five years prior to the sale. So you can exclude, if you do that, you can exclude as much as $250,000 of the profit from your income. Uh, and that jumps up to 500,000 for married couples that file a joint return. Profits greater than those 250 or 500,000 marks are taxed at long-term capital gain rates. So probably still lower than the ordinary income tax. And don't forget, the, if there are losses on those assets, though, they, those are not tax deductible. Sure. Well, that, that makes sense. And I think that's sense. probably a good yeah. place to wrap this up, Tony. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we need to wrap it up. So before we go, let our listeners know one more time how they can get a hold of you. Well, you can give us a call, 800-339-9252. Uh, or you can visit the website, compass-ltd.com, and request an appointment through the website itself. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brenner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.